Our reading this morning is from John chapter 17, verses 1 to 5. If you're following it in your Bible, it is page 1085. Jesus prays to be glorified. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those who have, you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, and for the next few weeks, as Simon just said, we're going to be looking at Jesus' prayer to his heavenly Father that he prayed just before he was arrested and taken before the um, Jewish and the Roman authorities. He was sentenced and then went to his death. And as Simon just said it, it's sometimes called Jesus' high priestly prayer. I want you to try for a moment to imagine what Jesus felt like. Try to imagine that there are soldiers or police just outside the door and you know they're about to come in and arrest you. Just you, nobody else, they're coming for you. And you know you're going to be taken away and sentenced to your death. Now, if that were me, I'd be completely terrified. And I hope I'd be able to pray. But I think what I would pray is, you know, help, Lord. You know, get me out of here. You know, rescue me from this. I'd be thinking about myself and my interests. But Jesus didn't pray like that. Jesus knew he was going to be arrested. He knew he was going to be sentenced to death. But he didn't pray, Father, get me out of here. And the prayer in John 17 reveals to us what was on Jesus' heart when he knew he was facing death. It reveals his passionate love for his father and that his father would receive praise and glory and honor. And it reveals his passionate love for each one of us and that his longing for us to become part of his family. This prayer is like a window into the heart of Jesus. It's a window into the heart of the Father, and it's a, a window into the relationship between the Father and his Son. And it's a prayer which challenges us. How passionate am I about giving God praise and honor and glory? Do I know and experience in my daily life 
just how much I'm loved by God? And, and do I share God's passion for the people who don't yet know him to become part of his family? Or to be completely honest, am I a bit lukewarm? You know, I know the stuff, but, you know, I'm in, I'm part of the family, and actually I'm a bit lukewarm. So what I'd like to pray, I'd like to pray for us now that God would stir a passion in our hearts for his glory, and that each one of us will know how deeply we're loved. So let's, let's just pray before we head into this. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this amazing prayer of Jesus. And Lord, I pray, come by your spirit and speak into our hearts and stir a passion in us for your name to be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we're going to be exploring just the first five verses, the very beginning of this prayer. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples and he's just explained to them what it's going to mean for them for him to die and and be exalted. It's in chapters 13 to 16. So he turns from speaking to his disciples to speaking to his father. And we're going to start by firstly looking at Jesus's passion for his father's glory. So in verse 1 of John 17, John says this, After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. So Jesus starts his prayer by saying, Father, the hour has come. And what he means is he knows the time has come for him to go to his death. And Jesus then prays, glorify your son. To glorify is to give praise and honor, to clothe in splendor. And Jesus emptied himself of this glory, emptied himself of this splendor when he chose to come and be born as a baby and take on human form. Now, Jesus was divine. He was still God, And he was also human. But you couldn't tell by looking at him that he was God. You couldn't see that splendor. Now Jesus is praying in verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So Jesus is praying to be restored to that splendor, that magnificence that he had together with the Father, before he came in the incarnation. And the extraordinary thing is that he knows the route to that that glorification, the route to being restored to his splendor, is going to his death on the cross. So in verse 4 he prays, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And the work that Jesus had completed and was about to complete is going to his death and then to his resurrection. And the purpose of that was to give eternal life to all the people that God the Father had given him. And what's so extraordinary is Jesus is asking not to be glorified for his own sake. It's not, look at me, 
He doesn't want people to look at me. In verse 1, he says, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. He's not seeking praise for himself. His prayer is that his heavenly father would receive glory and praise and honor by sending his son to his death on the cross. So at the heart of Jesus is this deep desire for us to give the Father glory. What we have in the Bible, in effect, is the the Son pointing to his Father and saying, look at my Father. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he worthy of all your praise? And then we've got the Father pointing to his Son and saying, look at my Son, Jesus. Isn't he wonderful, worthy of all your praise? Our Heavenly Father and Jesus are so unlike us. We crave attention. We want people to notice us, to appreciate us, to thank us for every tiny little thing we do. In effect, we long for praise. But Jesus is not like that. Our Heavenly Father is not like that. And as we read through the Gospels time and time again, we see Jesus pointing to the Father and the Father pointing to Jesus. One of the biggest challenges that we have as disciples of Jesus is to accept that we're dearly loved children of our Heavenly Father. God loves you. I've got two children, I've got two daughters, and I love them both very much. I love to spend time with them. I love to hear them chatting about the tiniest details of their lives. And I'm not, I'm not very good at answering my mobile phone, but if it's them, you know, I'll always pick up, I'll always speak to them. And as a family, you know, we have great days and we have not so good days, but whatever's going on, I always love them. And God loves us more passionately than we can ever love our own children. We don't have to clamor for his attention. We don't have to sort of do things to get that love. It's ours. We already have it. And the more we can grasp that truth, the more we can know that we have his loving attention, the more we're set free to give him the honor and praise and glory due to his name. So how can we grasp that passionate love that Jesus has for us? So we've looked at Jesus' passion for his Father's glory. So we're going to now look at God's passionate love for each one of us. Jesus says in John 17 too, For you granted him, you granted Jesus, authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you've given him. So our Father gave authority to Jesus to give eternal life to everyone who put their trust in Jesus. I wonder what you think of when you think of eternal life. 
I don't know if you remember, um, some time ago, there was an advertisement on the TV for um, Duracell batteries. And there were these little bunnies. And um, some of the bunnies had um, Duracell batteries in, and some of them had just any old batteries in. And these little bunnies went forward, and they were banging their drums. And the ones that had the any old batteries sort of gave out after a bit. And the Duracell batteries just went you know, on and on and on and on, beating their drums. There can be a sense in which we think of eternal life like that. It's just something that goes on and on and on. And in the end, we think it must become rather boring. But Jesus tells us in John 17 what eternal life is really about. He says this, and this is eternal life in verse 3, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. So when Jesus is speaking of eternal life, it's a life that's so much more than life that just goes on and on and on. Jesus is speaking about a life that's so much richer than that. His focus is on life. He's speaking of eternal life, a close personal relationship. Now, eternal life is so much more than intellectual knowledge about God. It's so much more than just learning about him from our Bibles. I can read a book about someone and I can learn all sorts of things about them. I can learn their dates, I can learn their achievements, I can learn about their family, but I don't really know them. I do, you'll be glad to hear, have a close relationship with my husband Oliver. I, don't just, I haven't just read a book about him. I haven't learned facts about him. I haven't read what somebody else thinks about his character. We have a, a really close relationship, we have, you know, which is based on love and commitment. And it's a relationship that, that changes, that grows. So when Jesus is talking about eternal life, he's talking about a relationship walking with God the Father, a relationship with Jesus that's loving and personal and intimate and one that develops and grows. When I was a, a child, my, my parents didn't, my family didn't go to church, but for a few years, I went along to what was then called Sunday school with one of my, um, my best friend's mother. And... Um, it was very different from children's church here. There was a little um, country church, and the children in the afternoon, that wasn't during the service, we sat in the first two rows of, the, of, the, of this little church. And then the mums sat about 10 rows back, and they, they spent the time chatting, and we just sat there um, listening. So I heard stories about Jesus, and I heard stories about um, Jesus at school. And I knew that in some sense, God loved me, but he wasn't involved in my daily life. And I certainly didn't love God. And it wasn't until we moved to London when my children, when my children, so I was grown up, my children were quite small. And, and we started going to a church there. And for the first time I heard that you could have a personal relationship with God. Yeah, it just 
just could hardly believe that it was so amazing. And I, I just prayed a really simple prayer, thanking Jesus for dying on the cross for me, saying sorry for the things I know that I'd done wrong and asking for his forgiveness and asking for him to come into my life by the Holy Spirit. And my life just changed overnight. I was filled with the love of God. And I can honestly say, I love God from the bottom of my heart. I've got a way to go, but I've, I do truly love him. And I know his love for me. Eternal life is a close and personal relationship with God that is growing, full of love. And it starts the moment we put our faith in Jesus and carries on for all eternity. And it's not boring. It doesn't not just starting at our death and going on and on and on in a boring way. So at the heart of God is a longing for you and for me to join in with that loving relationship at the heart of the Trinity, the love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The reason Jesus came to earth was to invite every single human being into that relationship of love. And that is what eternal life is. But the work of Jesus to make this possible was so costly. Jesus emptied himself of his glory and came and lived with us and then went to his death on the cross to destroy that barrier of sin that separated us and separates us from God. And it's on the cross that we can most brightly see the passionate love of God for each one of us. The passionate love of Jesus in dying for us and the passionate love of the Father in sending his Son, his beloved Son, to die that horrible death on the cross. We're now in the season of Lent, and it's a time when we can pause and reflect and wonder again at that love shown on the cross. And the more we can grasp in our hearts how deeply we are loved, the more we're set free to take the attention off ourselves and, and give God the praise and glory and honor that's that sets, you know, it sets us free. And as we do that, our hearts will fill with love, fill with love. We'll grow in intimacy in our relationship with God. And, and we'll be more set free from our self-centeredness and insecurities. And we'll be set free to have more real and deeper and intimate relationships with one another. We've been looking at that over the last quite a few weeks, actually. We'll be set free. The praise is one of the gateways by which we're set free from that concentration on ourself. And we'll share more and more the heart of Jesus to not just keep this good news to ourselves, but we'll want really passionately want to share this good news with people who don't yet know Jesus. 
About 350 years ago, a group of theologians put together a wonderful summary of the Christian faith called the Westminster Catechism. And it's in the form of questions and answers. And you've probably heard this one before. The first question is, what is the chief and highest end of man? Now, we'd probably say today the chief and highest end of man and woman. And the answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and fully enjoy him forever. Jesus came to bring us fullness of life, life in abundance. And we give him glory when we enjoy the life he's given us. We give him glory in the secret place when with nobody looking, with nobody to impress. We pray and praise all by ourselves. So we're just, just him and us as we read our Bibles and we give him glory. We give him glory when we're going for a walk on a beautiful day and we're surrounded by his creation and we give him honor and praise for how wonderful it is because we see God's beauty somehow reflected in the creation. And we give God glory in the difficult times, in the really tough times, when we choose to keep on trusting him, even when it seems at that moment that he's not answering our prayers. So this prayer in John 17 is a challenge to all of us. Am I passionate about giving God the praise and glory that's due to his name? Do I know in my heart just how passionately God loves me? And do I share God's passion for people who don't yet know him to become part of his family for all eternity? So I'd just like to pray for us as I finish that the Holy Spirit will be powerfully at work in us and reveal to each of our hearts just how much God loves you. God loves you. And stir in our hearts a passion to give God glory and praise in our prayers and with the way we live our lives. So would you, would you like to stand? So if you, if, you, if you want to, you can hold out your hands just to show God that you, you want to be open to his blessing. So dear Lord, we thank you so much for this window into the heart of Jesus and into the heart of the Father that we see in Jesus' prayer. Lord, thank you for the passionate love that you show us, Jesus' passionate love for his Father and the Father's passionate love for his Son. And Lord, we pray that each one of us might know by your Holy Spirit just how much you love each one of us and that you set us free to give the praise and glory and honor to Jesus and to his heavenly Father from the bottom of our hearts. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.